Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Grayson Grunhaver, Sikkim365.com. And Grayson Baylor's hired a new running backs coach. It was not uh, who we thought it might be earlier in the week, uh, which would have been a boon uh, for them, but that guy got a contract extension. But they did hire Keenan Hall, the new running backs coach and assistant associate head coach. Uh, what do you think about this hire and his recruiting acumen? You know, I actually really like this hire, and he's a guy who was kind of on my radar a little bit as well as Baylor was trying to figure out who their next running back coach is going to be. Uh, it felt like his name had been brought up multiple times as this position has really um, changed quite a bit for Baylor over the years. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's a really good hire. He's shown an ability to recruit. I know at Illinois State, that's kind of where uh, he got, I guess, name recognition is a lot of people saw uh, Illinois State putting out offers before other people, and then those same guys who got the Illinois State offer were really blowing up and becoming um, really good recruits, and it was very much a credit towards talent evaluation. And so you've continued to see that from Keenan, and now you know in his time at SMU, you're seeing him as a recruit um, really come into his as a recruiting guy. I mean, come into his own and really do a great job at landing some big time prospects. He was primary or secondary recruiter. Essentially, he just played a big part in the recruitment of multiple high-level guys, um, I think five four-star guys in total. So he's really done a very nice job in that regard. And to be honest, this position, you know, you want a guy who comes in that can coach the running back position and really get guys to excel and play hard. But I think Baylor really needed a guy that can recruit at a very high level. And I think that's what Keenan Hall brings to the table. So, Grayson, uh, this answers another big question as far as the staff goes. Uh, what's still out there remaining? I'm trying to think now. Is it just uh, – is that is that it? Is that the last spot opened up on the staff? No, there's the offensive line still. Okay, yeah, O-line. And, and that's, yeah, and that's going to be a big hire. And that's one that truthfully, you know, I, I think – I'm not going to say things are at a standstill because they're not on the recruiting side. Baylor's still 
recruiting guys, sending out offers to offensive linemen. But that's a big one that, that definitely needs to happen. Um, and, but unlike this position, I really think it's going to be more focused on the technical side, finding a guy who's just a really, really good coach as opposed to being, you know, an ace recruiter. They really need this guy to be able to jumpstart the offensive line production in year one. Um, which makes it a really important and honestly, I think probably a really tough hire for Dave Aranda to make sure that he's picking the right guy and the guy that they need going into next season. So we'll see uh, kind of how that plays out. I don't think that, um, you know, I think there's still a lot of questions out there about who it's going to be, but I do think it needs to happen soon. And I believe it should happen relatively soon. Grayson, um, Dave Aranda has proved adept over the last couple of years. Now they, they had more, uh, portal subtractions last year than they have since the portal era began, but some of those were um, mutual decisions, I think. Um, I think to put it in the nicest way possible. Uh, but they, after three and nine and changing offensive coordinators and all that, uh, really only have what, um, seven guys leaving and two of those are retiring. Um, what is it about that? Is it the hire of Jake Spavitol in addition to the, the GXG uh, change in the way they're doing things that has allowed this to happen? I mean, simply put, this is something that I mentioned, I've mentioned multiple times and, you know, I got some pushback for it, but this was always going to happen if they kept Dave Brandon. And, and that's just simply the way it was going to go is that, you know, a lot of these players really like Dave Brandon and what he's brought to the table. And if you're going to try to keep the roster pretty much intact, you know, keeping Dave Brandon was the way to go. And I think that bared itself to be true. And we're seeing that, you know, over the course of time here. Now, you know, there's still three outstanding decisions that we're still waiting to hear on Gavin Byers, Javon Gibson, and uh, Dominic Richardson. But you're exactly right. I mean, you look at the list. Uh, of guys that have announced they're transferring. I mean, really, you know, it's just Drake Dabney and Blake Shapin uh, that you're kind of like, oh, you know, you wish you had them back. And who knows? Maybe Blake Shapin does decide to come back. There's still uh, definitely a real possibility of that. But outside of that, you know, a lot of the guys that, you know, the guys that are in there right now that they've lost really aren't, aren't big losses. And, you know, you can look to last year and, you know, make an argument that one guy, you know, could have helped this year's team or this guy could have helped this year's team. But, at the end of the day, that's been the story with Baylor when it comes to the transfer portal is that guys like staying at Baylor. And Baylor, if they really like that player, they're going to do everything they can to keep that player on their roster. Um, now, I will say, I think the GXG stuff has come at a really good time as well, as you mentioned. And I think that's just another uh, area where they've grown, gotten better, and, and really allowed the roster to see a path forward towards you know making competitive NIL money with other schools. And I think that's definitely helped things as well. Um, but yeah, I think they've done a really nice job and they're sitting in a really good spot um, with the current roster that they have. And now they got to build around it with guys from the transfer portal who can come in and make immediate impact. So how long are the bears and Blake shape and plan on having an open relationship or at some point in time, is it just simply, Hey, we went and got another quarterback. We're done. Or is there a timeline? Like how long do you foresee the uncertainty surrounding Blake Shapin and what he's going to end up doing in terms of a Baylor, a Baylor return or, or full-blown portal? Yeah, I mean, I really think it's just going to come down to who makes the decision first. I mean, you know, if Blake decides to go somewhere else, then obviously Baylor's going to move on. If Baylor decides to bring in a guy, then, I mean, that's pretty telling about where they're at in the situation as well. But 
there's no set timeline. I mean, Blake has been pretty clear based on entering the portal and um, the reports that he was going to enter the portal that, you know, he wanted to look around and, and see what his options were and see, you know, what was out there. And so I think he's doing that and, you know, going through the process a little bit. But I do know that Baylor's continued to recruit him and Jake Babadol has, um, you know, continued to make him a priority while also going out and recruiting other quarterbacks and looking at other quarterbacks and trying to figure out, you know, what's going to be best for this roster going forward. Um, but yeah, they're in a very interesting position because of that. You know, you got Sora Robertson on the roster and, you know, I think he's a very capable and good quarterback, but you definitely need another one who can come in and provide, you know, really good competition. You're not just taking a, a backup quarterback. You're taking a guy who you think could be the starter or will at least push Sora Robertson for that starting spot. So, I think that's where they're at. It's a tough position to be in because quarterback, as we all know, a very, very important position. But it's just where they're at as they're trying to figure out, you know, what's going to happen with Lake Shapin and then what direction they want to go in um, after that. But I will say, I don't think this is, you know, Baylor just sitting there waiting and not going to go after quarterbacks. That definitely has not been what has happened so far. Grayson, they've got uh, Northeast Mississippi uh, Community College JUCO linebacker, uh, Keaton Thomas on campus today. Who else uh, is is potentially going to uh, to make a swing through Waco here? Yeah, really. The only other one that is on the list for today is Kyler Beatty, um, the cornerback out of Comanche High School. He's been committed for a long time, but he wasn't able to take his official visit. It was just him and Connor Hawkins who's at Liberty Hill, and Connor, of course, just continues to win playoff games. So he's uh, he'll probably take his official visit either next weekend or just whenever, uh, whenever he's able to, because his team, you know, has been able to stay in the playoffs for so long. But yeah, it's just Kyler Beatty and Keaton Thomas. Um, they're slated to host multiple other visitors throughout the week. That's going to be a, a, a very interesting process because with the transfer portal, it's not all about the weekends. You're able to get guys in during the week. I think you're probably going to see some of that. You're going to see visitors on the weekend as well. Um, but yeah, Baylor's in a, a very interesting spot. They've put out 17 offers to transfer portal prospects. They've been evaluating a ton of other ones. Um, you know, you can kind of see the positions that they're really, you know, eyeing when it comes to wide receiver, offensive line, linebacker, and even uh, uh, defensive line a little bit as well. So lots of positions they need to fill. And now it's just about getting guys on campus. And everything changes a whole lot with the transfer portal day to day. Um, and we've already seen that, you know, in this early going up the process. And I think we're probably going to continue to see that as Baylor starts to, you know, narrow down their priorities. What was your biggest takeaway from hearing Jake Spavital earlier in the week? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, he had a lot of interesting things to say. I think obviously the thing that stood out the most was just him talking about the, you know, up-tempo offense with the downhill rushing attack with the vertical threats on the outside and, also running some wide receiver screens and just hearing him say that. I know it's not, you know, a one-for-one -one duplicate, but it sounds a whole lot more like our Browse offense than it does the offense that we've seen over the past few years. And I think fans are going to love that. And, and I do think that there's a lot of merit in kind of what he's done through his career and how his offenses have adjusted to the personnel on their rosters like they did at Cal this past year. Um, they went from having a terrible offense, having a really fun and dynamic offense in one season, going from pro style to spread. Now you come to Baylor. Baylor's been running, you know, wide zone RBO type stuff. And now he's going to have to, you know, reshape the roster and reshape, 
um, this scheme uh, to build it around, you know, what Baylor is going to be able to do well. And I think that's really exciting and something that I think fans will love and something that I think will definitely help them uh, score a lot more points, uh, which obviously they need to do. So that was, that was one of the key things. I also think him talking about the roster in general and just talking about how, you know, they don't see a ton of areas where they need to add, you know, just in a, an infinite amount of transfers. I think he's looking at the roster and thinking there's a lot of talent on it. Now it's just about adding at some key positions, which based on the offers that have gone out, I think it's pretty obvious that offensive line and trying to get a proven wide receiver who has been uh, in a air raid or spread scheme those seem to be like the biggest focal points, which I think we all could have guessed going into uh, the offseason. Grayson Gurdon for Sikkim365.com. Grayson, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.